0: I'm not going to waste your time. There is a feast. There is a show coming right now. Welcome to episode eighty six of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I am here with Matt. Correct.
1: Very correct. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Excellent, thank you.
0: So this week is episode eighty six, and you know which Iron Maiden album came out in eighty six, right?
1: Oh, I'd have to go somewhere back in time a bit to maybe yeah somewhere in time.
0: So yeah, in the midst, I thought this was a, it was good to have eighty six in the midst of the Somewhere in Time series. Indeed. But this week, I've got a very special treat, something that, it's a new Iron Maiden story, but it's one that involves a person that's from a part of the world that has not been represented whatsoever, represented whatsoever yet. Um, And this person I got in touch with because of another person, Because of another person. Um, The first person. First off, I have a guy from Russia. We are getting if the music alone at the beginning of this episode doesn't give you a clue (laughs) or it didn't give you a clue, then that was a clue. I have a gentleman from Russia on here and I got in touch with him because of Chris. Who was the most recent Iron Maiden story. So a big shout out to Chris because this story is very interesting it's really cool hearing about the way things were back then in Russia you know it was still the USSR i guess and also have to give a shout out to Kirsty because Kirsty is the one who got me in touch with Chris so without Kirsty neither one of these episodes happens so i think that's pretty cool um now i was going to say on here that this guy was from asia but I was doing a little looking just to make sure Asia was correct. And what I found out is that Russia is in Europe and in Asia. And an interesting fact that I found, they said about 75% of the Russian population lives in the European continent. And on the other hand, 75% 75% of Russian territory is located in Asia. So it, a, a lot of land with a, with not a lot of people is in Asia. So Russia is partly in Europe and partly in Asia. So it's that's pretty interesting. I believe it's the only country to uh, fit that bill. Does that sound right?
1: That's news to me. <laughs> that's what this is all about. We come here to learn things, don't we?
0: yeah. Come here if if you're coming to Uncle Steve to learn your geography, then you're in trouble <laughs> um so there's your little history bit for about russia and in all honesty, when you hear the stories and the talk that my guest brings, it's so much more interesting than just that little piece of information. so I don't know Matt if if well, let me ask you, have you been living under a rock lately?
1: Not a rock, okay. <laughs> Maybe in the dark, somewhat. You know, like have you mushroom. had
0: have you had your head buried in the sand for the last week?
1: No, I've been up and about, and I've I've heard some little little whispers and read some little whispers that are yeah rather interesting. It's it's almost it's,
0: anybody that is an Iron Maiden fan, and I don't know if this is everywhere. I don't know if this is just a Twitter thing or if this is get getting out everywhere. But if, if the words Belshazzar's feast or be- Belshazzar's feast does not mean anything to you, then you're about to severely be uh, shocked because from what it sounds like to me, it sounds like we're on the cusp of getting a new Iron Maiden album. What do you think?
1: I hope so. It, I was no, skeptical not no no no. Things? Not
0: what do you hope, what do you think? Do you oh, based on right, what you've read so far, yes or a uh, yes or a no, do you think we're getting a new Iron Maiden album?
1: Yeah, there's too much going around that I've I've looked at and seen for me to not believe that anymore. Yesterday, up until yesterday I was skeptical, but now everything's kinda uh, hopefully falling into place.
0: Yeah, I did a lot of reading. I I uh, Someone posted a few days ago something about this, and I didn't really pay much attention because I was just like, oh, what the heck are they even talking about? And I didn't – but then I started reading a little bit, and apparently Bruce Dickinson was did an interview with some news channel, and I believe this is the one where he kind of put his foot in his mouth about the Brexit situation. Mm-hmm. And it was a real big deal, but apparently during this interview – that wasn't the big part of the interview, as we've found out. He was wearing a shirt that, if you, okay, first off, there is a user on Twitter, and this is where I've kind of gotten my information. A user on Twitter, and the handle name is C A P N, like Cap'n, like like you're saying Captain, but Cap'n Cap'n Harris, C A P N Harris. And he has a WordPress page. So if you go to this page, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of information with a lot, a lot of evidence about a new Iron Maiden album. It goes all the way back to January of 2019, whenever, and I think this is what Nesbitt covered, where everything was, okay, you know, these guys were seen in Paris and this guy was in Paris and, you know, eventually they were all in Paris and, you know. But it goes all the way back to that. But his page is CAPN Harris. So capn Harris. WordPress.com. If you go there, it starts in January of 2019. And it comes up to June 28th, is when Bruce did the interview. He was wearing a shirt that said Belshazzar's Feast. And there's a lot of little things on it. But in the bottom right corner, I think it was the bottom right corner. If you're looking at the shirt, in the bottom right corner of the shirt, Looking at it, it said I am XV11, which translate that for anybody out there, please.
1: Iron Maiden 17 in Roman numerals.
0: And currently, how many studio albums does Iron Maiden have out now?
1: 16.
0: Okay. So the 17 seems indicative of a possibility of a new album. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of... just. I can't get it. I was going to go through a whole bunch of this stuff, but if you read, if you go onto that little page I I, I mentioned, capnharris.wordpress.com, there's a lot, a lot of evidence out there that really could make you believe that there's a new Iron Maiden album on the way. Now, I know that I don't follow politics at all. I know you do. But my belief about politics is anytime someone's making a big deal about something somewhat political, it's usually, my opinion here, is it's probably a cover-up for something much larger going on behind the scenes. Like the thing that everyone's making a big deal of is really a tiny blip on a screen while there's some ginormous thing happening behind the scenes that, people would go crazy about. And I don't know. I, I tend to believe that from what I, at first I was really skeptical, but, but the more I hear, the more I think that, uh, um, that something's going to happen here. And, and with
1: that. Well, there's a history of this. Is, I was going to say just quickly, this is not the first time that they've done something like this. This okay. has been done before. Okay. Continue. Benjamin Brieg. So I don't know if you remember, they had put out, there was like the false story about uh, Benjamin Brigg and they had set up a whole background and there was a, a website done. So were you familiar with that? I'm somewhat no familiar with I it. I, don't, was I,
0: I wasn't into the paying attention at that point, but I do remember hearing about
1: that. Uh, see, I was. I remember trying to look for whatever I could find, and this just kind of, it's a hint of that is what I get now. The more I look, the more I think it's, um, it reminds me of that. And that it's going to lead to to what I want, which is a new album, what we all want.
0: A lot of people, I've seen a lot of speculation. Um, One person said that he thought maybe they were going to announce a new live series. Like, hey, they're going to release the Killers tour. They're going to release the Peace of Mind tour, the uh, Somewhere in Time tour, the Matter of Life and Death tour, the Virtual Eleven tour, all these different tours, you know, like a series of tours. And I was like, hey... I would not be upset about that. That would be, I mean, I'd like a new album, but that would be really cool too. Other speculation is that it could be a new Bruce Dickinson solo album because, um, oh gosh, what's the first song? Uh, If Eternity Should Fail was supposedly written for Bruce Dickinson's solo album. And that came out when? In 2015? Correct. So I tend to think that, I don't know, it it could go either way. I mean, I think. Mm, I
1: I don't know if it does, though, because I was just thinking, as you were talking about that, it doesn't tie into the IM-17, though.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: So I would put a a line through that. I don't think that's the case. As much as I would like that as well. But I don't see that being the the thing.
0: Now, one thing another thing that's out there is, there's an acronym out there that's going around with Iron Maiden, and they're they're saying a lot. Like there was, they did a post with Eddie in it, and he was messing with wires, and it said, "Hey, Eddie, you something shouldn't you be wearing protective gear while, while you are working on the wires?" W O T W. They've done it a lot of different ways. Riding on the wall is um, and Wolf the whole the, be- the whole Belshazzar's feast. Basically, from what I've looked, I looked at a little looking up. Belshazzar, Belshazzar's Feast is a story in the Bible. It's in the book of Daniel. It's in chapter five. And if you go, I went and did a search on Google the other day because I was like, writing on the wall usually indicates that something's like if you're talking about a sports team and the game got really out of hand. Yeah, the writing's on the wall here, you know, looks like so and so is gonna win the championship this year or you know, whatever. And so I went on Google and I just started typing writing on the, and when I got to the underneath, it popped up and it said Belshazzar's feast. And it wasn't talking about the Iron Maiden relation at all. It was talking about the story in the Bible. And, you know, I went ahead and added wall and, you know, it immediately says writing on the wall. Cause there's some secret writing that pops up on the wall that gives a message that nobody could interpret. And it's, there's a lot to it, but there's some other thought out there that this could be a concept album. Now, if it's a concept album, the whole Belshazzar's Feast and everything that goes in there could make a really interesting concept album. Um, now, I did a poll, and I did this uh, probably three days ago, uh, two or three days ago. And um, let me actually read what I wrote on that poll so that way it's accurate. Um, okay. What I wrote on the poll was, let me find it. What I wrote on the poll, where did I write on the poll? Where's it at? Okay. I said, based on the bits of evidence that have been presented in the past few days, do you think that Iron Maiden is going to announce a new album? And the 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 date July 15th seems to be popping up a lot. And so people think this is going to be July 15th. So I said on July 15th, 2021, If not, what do you think is going on? I gave four possible answers. The first answer was, do you think a new album is going to come out? Yes, a new album. The next answer was no, something else. The third answer was, I'm not interested anyway. (laughs) And the last answer was, nothing is going on. Like, it's just kind of a front. And so I said, okay. So as of... A little earlier. Did you go vote?
1: No, I was holding on.
0: Okay. Someone, someone else voted. So it's one number off of earlier, but I can figure this out. Yeah. Okay. So with 217 votes in. 79.7% of the votes or 173 votes. Out of 217, 173 people think that a new album is coming. 12.4% of the people, which is 27%, I mean, which is 27 people out of 217, they think it's something else. 6.5%, which is 14 of the 217, think nothing is going on. And 1.4% of the people said they're not interested which is three. Three people out of 217 are not interested, but 173 people think that a new album is coming, so it definitely, it's funny because I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, it's weird or it's amazing how quickly this went from zero to like a thousand miles an hour in just a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Because a couple of days ago or, you know, a week ago, we weren't, there was no, you know, no one was really talking about this at all. No one was saying, well, I wonder, May, you know, about Maiden's new album or just, you know, maybe if they were, we didn't know about it. But, um,
1: well, I just, for me, the sticking point was the tour. When they go back to the Legacy tour, like how are they going to put an album out in the midst of still touring? That was my, what was kind of holding me back from believing it could be an album. And I still don't know how that would work. If they've still got dates confirmed for next year. Yeah. That's just where I'm not certain of what this would, what's going to come out within the next couple of weeks, hopefully that we find out how it all falls into place down the line.
0: Well, well, based on everything that was out there, you know, there was a lot of speculation and Talking Maiden talked about it a good while back when he presented all the evidence that probably the same evidence that this guy posted um maybe nesbitt is captain harris <laughs> but mm-hmm. um but that, that i'm not throwing that out there i'm just saying um but it, a lot of people believe that there was an album recorded already in 2019 mm-hmm. what was iron maiden doing in 2019 they were doing the legacy of the beast right mm-hmm. now the tour i I think we discussed this the other night. We thought the tour was supposed to end in May or June of the, of last year, but, yeah. but COVID happened and the, everything shut down. Tours got all shut down. So naturally, I'm a, when we discussed this the other day, I thought I told you, hey, maybe they were going to finish the tour. And after the tour, they were going to, re, let's say, release the album in the summer. Maybe the tour ended in May or June. They, they put a new album out in August. They go back out on tour in September, October-ish, somewhere in that area. The new album tour. But because of everything getting shut down and no one really knowing when it was going to open back up, they held off on the album. Now we are a full year past when the Legacy tour was supposed to end. At least a full year. And now maybe they're just saying, look, let's release the album. Because I think what they could do is go finish what Legacy of the Beast tour dates they have. And if they put out a new album now, I don't think it's going to come out July, but let's say it comes out, they they announce it July, they put the pre-sales out there, because they did the Legacy of the Beast live album really quick. You know, they announced it, they did the pre-sale, three months later or so, we had a new album. So, or maybe it was even quicker than that. But, they could do the same thing here. They could they could announce it, get the album out. When they go back on the Legacy Tour, they could do a couple of things. They could either continue the tour as it stood. They could add one extra song to the, to the set list, being something brand new. Um, being the single, whatever the single is, the first single, which I have a little bit of information about that here in a second. Um, or they could finish the Legacy Tour, however many dates are left and and take a week or two off and launch the new tour go straight into it i mean they have been sitting they've been dormant for a year more than a year so
1: yeah the way the way things can get done now it's different to the way it was before because of COVID. that's changed everything so yeah who knows what's gonna how it all pans out
0: so uh, this is the last bit i'll read about this um my friend, uh, my friend Papa Luis, uh, Luis in Venezuela, um, Luis Mariano. He posted on, and and for those that don't know, Luis has written two Iron Maiden books. Uh, they're in digital form, but he's written two Iron Maiden books. You can go find him at his his Twitter handle is at Luis L U I S M A. So it's Luisma. 1974 at L U I S M a one nine seven four. He's got two books out. So he's got a lot of inside scoops at times and he can, he's got some sources and I don't know who they are. I don't ask who they are. It's I'm not, I'm not, it's not my business to know who they are, but he posted this on Twitter just a little bit before we were going to talk. He said, I'm going to say it before someone says I haven't done it publicly. The WOTW, the acronym that we were just talking about, the WOTW are the first letters of a new song Maiden wrote and recorded in Paris and is probably going to be the first single of the new album. So I read that and I was like, whoa. Someone else came, not behind this, but someone else had said on one of these posts, that I've read, or one of my posts, maybe they said, I think that Iron Maiden is going to drop a new single on the 15th and announce the album. And I thought, now that they could do. They could, excuse me, I got the hiccups. <laughs> they could they could announce, hey, we're putting out a new single tomorrow or we're putting out a new single at midnight, whatever, however they say it. They could do that and then We'll be announcing, you know, the new album is going to be coming out in, let's see, if this is July 15th, August, September 15th, the new album comes out. We're going to take pre-orders, you know, because they're going to do it the same way they did everything else. Because Iron Mm -hmm. Maiden fans want vinyl. They want CDs. They want shirts. Uh, They want lanyards. I mean, especially Kiwis. Kiwis really like lanyards. Um, But, you know, people, the Iron Maiden, because someone said maybe they're just going to drop the new album and i was like they that doesn't make it, that wouldn't be smart for them because and, and it was it was a feck. he said that well taylor swift just announced the new album and dropped it the same day or something and i was like yeah but her audience doesn't care about vinyl and doesn't care about cds and all that stuff the collectibles yeah i mean iron maiden fans most you know a lot of us came up whenever a vinyl album a cassette or a CD was just how you got music. There was no digital. So I can't imagine them just dropping the album, like bam, that would, that would be shocking. It would be cool, but it would be shocking because I'm not going to be in town when this happens. I'm going to be out of state. So, so anyway, all that said, exciting times are upon us. Wouldn't you agree?
1: (laughs) I certainly think it looks that way one way or another.
0: Yeah. yeah, so um, as as they once said in maybe in the two maybe in the most recent Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure type of movie, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> So now you know what time it is, Matt.
1: Well, I'm hoping it's getting closer to some time for some real audience participation.
0: Yes, it is time for some audience participation. So this week, last week, the episode that came out was Stranger in a Strange Land. And that episode was retweeted on Twitter by the following people. It was retweeted by Adrian Frederick Smith FAS, which is a fan page out of Brazil. Metal Chat Podcast with Melissa in Boston. Joel Hebbensberger in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Kirsty Prince in Perth, Australia. Your old backyard. Yes. Black and white. It was black and then the letter N. Black and white from the planet Earth. The Liverpool Scousers, Stephanie Jane Grey and Don McIntyre, Sean Dehon in Vancouver, Canada, Alan Bell in England, and last but certainly not least, the Sassanac in Falkirk, Scotland, UK, my buddy Andy. To each and every one of you, I say thank you. Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I'm here with another Iron Maiden story. You love to hear the Iron Maiden stories. You're really going to love this one. I have with me, for the first time ever, I have somebody living in Russia. If you listened to the episode with Chris recently, the what I called the biggest Adrian Smith fan I've ever run into in my life, I've got his buddy that he talked about on the episode, Andre from Russia Andre, how are you, sir?
2: How are you? Nice to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Now, we in, we've we been chatting here for a little bit to get to know each other. And if anyone that's talked to me, everybody knows that I like to talk. I want everyone to be comfortable. So we're going to get straight into this here because we've been chatting for a little bit. So, And these are some of these things are things you probably have told me just a minute ago. But when you were growing up, I always find this interesting especially with what you just told me. What kind of music were you hearing around your house?
2: Well, uh it was mostly uh hard rock and metal. So uh when I guess when I was brought from uh from where I was born, since the day one I was listening to stuff like Queen and Led Zeppelin and Purple and Sabbath uh so AC/DC, Van Halen, that kind of stuff when i was like i don't know probably 5 or 6 years old i first heard king diamond oh wow so um you know yeah thanks to my parents they 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 really gave me a proper uh first steps into metal music
0: <laughs> that is crazy that is crazy so okay so you said wow king diamond that's 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 really heavy when you're young
3: <laughs> yeah
0: Absolutely. So, do, did any? Do you remember of what you were hearing back then? Did any of it? Was there anything that really grabbed you more than anything else?
2: Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, you know, in in, in really early,
0: uh, really early times of my
2: life, it was mostly. Well, I think Led Zeppelin. Then I then I went to Sabbath, and then I guess when I was. Um, In fifth grade or so, uh, I I just got blown away by Rush. Okay. Rush, uh, you know, it it was my favorite band, you know. uh, I still love them. I still love them. And I'm still following them. uh, uh, But uh, they were my fav, absolutely fab, before Maiden. Sure, sure. Uh, And then that day came when uh, Maiden got into my life and, you
0: know it's maiden (laughs) of course of course so so speaking of maiden when was when do you remember hearing them for the first time
2: well the first time it was (laughs) um it's actually a funny story because uh uh i never understood it was maiden back then so i was just uh walking around uh that space around uh my uh subway station and there were uh there was um, a small shop selling uh cassettes okay uh it was yeah it was pre-cd era uh, era here in uh, russia so it was all all about cassettes and they were playing some really nice songs i loved it i loved it but i d- didn't have a clue what what was that what, what was the band And it was made in, actually, for Children of the Dance. Ah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But then, I guess it was um, half a year past or something like that, when my father brought home uh, Live After Death, double final album, to make a copy, Uh, because it it, was... Back then, uh, during USSR times, it was still the very end of USSR, I believe June 1991. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't be able just to, okay, it was pre internet era. So it was, <laughs> uh, you know, for, 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 for the younger people who are listening to us, uh, it was just something completely different.
4: You would right. not
2: be able to to just get everything you want uh, on Spotify or Apple Music or <laughs> <were> wherever, <laughs> right? Uh, it was just impossible. It wasn't invented back then, and uh, uh, even more than that, uh, during back uh, during those days in Russia, you would not be able to go to a record store to pick up whatever you would like. You would really need to to search for uh, for an Album of uh, of a band uh, you like to to really hunt for it for for ages, you know. Uh, so uh, it wasn't that simple. to To it wasn't that uh, easy to to uh, to get a full maiden uh, album collection. And it took me, I guess, well, about four years to get it. Uh, but you know, that that feeling was something something really special because nowadays now. Now you you would just download it in seconds,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and the feeling of getting it—it's okay. You would get a, a great album by a great band, but the, but the feeling of uh, getting that treasure, right, uh, is gone. Because back in those days, you would you would really need to 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 spend a lot of time trying to find it. You know, you would really be. Uh, in constant searching for it, uh, you know, and, uh, that, that very moment when you finally have it, and then you would, uh, you know, go through, uh, through the whole city, uh, from the point where, where, where you bought the, the album, going back to your home <laughs> and just put on the cassette and start it when you pressed. When you would press that play button, yeah, that that feeling, that very moment would be something. Well, it's it's close to uh to religious feeling, I would say. It's something we don't have
0: anymore. You know, when you said that, it made me because when I was young, like that, I remember getting the. I remember getting. I had Live After Death. I got that on cassette and but it was almost like the way you described it made me think of like an investigator looking for clues because especially it sounds like for you because i mean over here what okay wait let me ask you this first As, did you did you have access to like rock magazines at all back then no no okay absolutely.
2: I guess the first uh, rock magazine I've ever bought was uh Oh, I don't remember what why it was, but it was like
0: nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven. Oh wow! Okay. Now you're a little younger than me because um, just so I don't, I know people listening don't know. Uh, you're about uh, you were born in the early eighties, correct? Uh eighty one. 81. Okay. So yeah, you're definitely younger than I am. You're about Yes. I said, make you nine years younger than me. So I remember when I got into it, I could, I could go to a store and they'd have like the grocery store and they would have, they'd have a section of the, of where they had, it's weird to think about it now, but they had books and magazines and this big area. And I would go to the grocery store with my mom. And while she was Doing groceries, I would say I'll be over here at the magazines, and they would have Hit Parader and Circus magazines, and so you could read. You know, you could kind of try to you could find things out. But that was the internet back then. It was that was the only way you could find out uh-huh. what's going on with any of your bands, or but it. But when you said all that, it reminded me of like a private investigator, and 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 here's what they come to you and they say, Andre, okay, we're gonna put you on the case. The case is Iron Maiden. You have to find out about them, and you're, and then from then on, you're like, okay, everywhere you go, you go to music stores. If you go anywhere, you're always, you're always kind of, even if you're not doing something, and you run into something, you're on the hunt. You're looking for any clue. Oh, here's a clue. It's a, it's an album I haven't heard of yet. <laughs> you know, something like that.
2: Yeah, something like that. It was, uh, it was a kind of uh, a friend of a friend uh, mm-hmm. could possibly see an album which I would not have uh, in my collection at the moment, uh, yeah. on, the, on the very opposite uh, part of the town. And I would try to, to, to go there and find that place. And uh, in most cases, I would be just disappointed because it wouldn't be there or, uh, you know, the information was incorrect and stuff like that. But the more uh, I was happy when, it, when the information was correct and I could grab, it, uh, grab it my copy.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is when you were getting into it, it was, when I got into Maiden, it was in the, it was, which I didn't realize, but it was in the middle of their, their, you know, other than the peak of their success now that they're in, that was at their first peak, you know, with, with power at the time. So power slave had been out and live after death was out. So the last studio album that was out when I got into him was Power Slave. And they were in this peak. So there was lots of information. But you're getting into it and you're starting to look in and you're starting to f- trying to find this stuff around. Well, obviously, when you're 91, you're 10 years old. So you're not probably going as hard then. But the music scene had changed so much by then as well. And there just wasn't as much information out there. About metal anymore because metal had kind of been replaced in a way. But okay, I'm trying to think of how I was going to word what us was to say here about that. So you, <clears throat> let me start over on that. Okay. So you're trying to get music there, and it wasn't the same there as it is here because in the USSR period, like you said, things were a lot more contained and can, you know, just blocked off. And so when do you remember that? I'm not a, I'm not a very good historian, but when did that start opening up more?
2: Uh, It's a, it's more difficult question than uh, you probably could believe. (laughs) Uh, The thing is, well, I guess, I would put it that way. Uh, even in 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 the during eighties, when it was still very much used to start time, and uh, you know there were lots of things uh, which were forbidden for uh, for Russian people. Uh, you know, it, it it was really difficult to to get any information or an album of uh, of any band to, uh, yeah. uh, you would like to have it, uh, at your home, and it was. Uh, it was all through the black market mostly, and uh, you know, it was so expensive. It was unbelievably expensive because it was rare. Yeah. Ah, uh, so people had to pay, well, an equivalent of uh, a monthly income for, uh, for a poster or for, for wow, uh, for one record. So, uh it was rare and you know but people wanted to 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 have music work from from well let's go that's officially uh, officially appropriate uh um things so the the interest in metal music was really high back then and it wasn't really um uh, it was pretty stable. It, it had, there, there, there was no declining in uh, in interest in metal music uh, in nineties. Uh, okay. In nineties, uh, compared to what was happening in the West, because uh, in the very beginning of nineties, ninety one, you know, USR uh, um, stopped to exist, and we, 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 we all got to be uh, different countries. Uh, free all of us back then uh, and it was uh, it was a period of absolute freedom and uh, uh, it was such a change and uh, lots of information was suddenly getting in, in into the country lots of information lots of uh, you know goods, lots of music sure everything everything it's it, it just changed completely and it was uh mind-blowing But still, uh, still, we were uh, so we were so even Poland was uh, ahead of us uh, for 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 several several years, and uh, I uh, I remember that most of uh, uh, most of music uh, coming uh, to the country, coming to Russia, was uh, pirates cassette copies uh, uh, from Poland. Okay. And uh, back then I would get a maiden album with uh, a couple of songs cut out or a wrong song order,
3: or it
2: it would be uh, a single sold as an album and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, okay, I want to go back just a little bit to something you had said. You said that, um, okay, go first off. You said that people were paying. Or that they would have to pay like a full month of a salary to get an album, and when and when they were doing that, you're talking about to get a legitimate copy, like a an authorized copy of an album, right? You're not talking about yeah. a okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Now the other thing you mentioned a good bit earlier about your dad had gotten Live After Death, he had gotten it on vinyl, he borrowed it from somebody to bring it home yeah. and record uh-huh. it, and in the email you sent me you said that you said most people did not have access you said people would have to spend a lot of money like what you just said to get one album unless they had a friend maybe or somebody that could get things and bring them into the country which your dad had that in whoever this was he gives you he gives your dad live after death your dad records it onto a cassette you hear it what do you think when you listen to live after death when you're 10 years old and you get, and I'm guessing you got to listen to the whole thing. You got all four sides. Is that right? Am I guessing right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. True.
0: What did you think when you first heard it?
2: Well, uh, yeah, my friend, uh, my father had a friend who would often, you know, have a possibility to travel to, to the Eastern Bloc countries like Poland or Yugoslavia, stuff like that. And, uh, back then it was was were a lot more possibilities to get anything from there so yeah he was very helpful helpful in terms of getting some really good music uh i still remember that day when my father brought that uh vinyl and it was i, I absolutely loved the uh, the sleeve and all the illustrations and the pictures of the band, you know. Oh yeah. Life after death, apart from being uh, uh, an ultimate uh, live metal live album for me uh, ever, uh, apart from everything, you know, the way uh, the way uh, the sleeve was done and the the inside pictures, you know, it was so rich, it was so unbelievable to see something yeah. like that. But, uh, you know what? I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> you from must have. You must have.
2: <laughs> I didn't like it at all. I was like, okay, that sounds... Well, back, back then, you know, King Diamond and Rush and, you know, all the other bands, you know, I was prepared for for that kind of stuff. But for some reason, for some unbelievable reason, I can't explain to me right now, I didn't like it at all. Oh. It took one month, probably,
0: uh, and something changed in my mind and I was hooked. You know, th- sometimes things take a little bit more than, cause I don't remember loving Iron Maiden when I first listened to live after death. I remember liking it, but it grew on me.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Same story then. Okay. So, okay. So here's a question you, because you only, cause your dad only had that album for a couple of days and you're right. You, you, you get that gatefold, you you know, you open it up and there's that picture of you know, the big mummy with the with the sparks coming out of his eyes and Steve Harris is midair doing the splits or whatever, uh, jumping. It's just it's a very cool visual <laughs> for sure. So so you have can, it on can cassette.
2: I you, can, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh for for a ten year old mate uh with lack of information coming from anywhere with no internet and, and stuff like that. Uh back then I, I truly believed that the bands like Maiden they would not tour the way they really did or they really do. So I thought uh that kind of a show it required a special preparation that was a, a kind of a single event. You can't repeat it. You can't oh yeah, really yeah do do it you know day after day after day you know, and <laughs> it's like, amazing all the stuff around you know from, from from a country to the country, so i thought like okay they they did it in long beach arena uh you know for you know four nights, and that was it,
0: sure when you think about it, it really is a massive massive undertaking the amount of money that has to be invested in a tour like that, like just if you go to, okay, you go to a show and you see how many different vendors they have that are selling tour shirts. When you go inside of a yeah. venue, right? Just having that many tours, that many shirts alone is just, I'm, and obviously Maiden is a huge machine and they probably have a certain amount of money always invested in it. That's, that's just kind of a, rolling things so it's, it's way more than you think but that make you what you said is right like you think these bands roll into town and they have a massive stage crew they have these you know lots of 18-wheeler trucks pulling in all this gear or in maiden's mm-hmm. case they have you know they have ed force one flying in places carrying things and but they still have well, to get yeah, it to for, venues to and it's it's but yeah, that, that's it. I've never thought about it like that, but that does make sense to think that, well, they recorded this because there's no, you, you had a, you had a, a pretty active mind if you were a 10 and you thought that, because that, that just, it makes a lot of sense. Cause that's a, this. it's a huge, it's just amazing to think what these bands, I can't even imagine all the preparation, all the planning, all the thought, all the money that goes into a tour like this. So it's, When you hear about, like, with the last year where all these shows have been canceled, how much... It's a nightmare. Yeah, and why these bands don't just cancel their tours and and, and instead just say, let's push everything back one full year. The same date, next year. Because it seems, I don't know, that's got, that had to be a nightmare for bands that had a lot of plans, so...
2: Yeah, not not only for for the bands, but uh, it's also you know a lot a lot of uh, local people involved, local promoters and uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah. venues and, and everything. It's a huge. Uh, well, you know, it's like with the with the pandemic we have uh, when when they closed the restaurants. It's yeah. not only the restaurants who are suffering, you know, they have lots of suppliers of food and packaging oh, yeah. and, and, and all this stuff. And it, it it's much more than can be seen uh you know by by a regular person. So it's it's always deeper and it's oh, yeah. always a much more jobs and efforts and uh which are invested in uh in creating uh a of a, 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 a of a tour like that. You know, there are so many people involved, you know, and it, 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 it's a miracle that, uh, that they are really, uh, able to, um, uh, to just do such extensive tours flawlessly. Okay. We, we don't see right. a lot of, uh, a lot of things, uh, which are happening, you know, on backstage and a lot of, uh, um, you know difficulties they have to to, to solve an, uh, on on daily basis, but okay, they're professionals. They, they they know how to
3: do it. But <laughs> yeah. the
2: amount of efforts uh, which uh, which is needed to create a single show uh, on that tour, you know, uh, it, 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 it's just enormous. It's just just amazing. Yeah,
0: it really I, is. I,
2: I have a huge respect for all the people involved.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now having live after death when you were 10 years old, you got a copy of it and you told me, I don't want, I don't want to get ahead here, but I want to ask just a quick question. And then I got to, I want to ask you something about live after death. How long do you think it was before you had the, your next iron maiden album, whatever, and whatever it was when you finally got, (laughs) go ahead. Say again.
2: Uh, it was a couple of years, a couple of years, and I was driving my parents crazy because <laughs> uh, I loved it. So it wasn't the love uh, at the first sight, as I told you, but uh, sure. I really loved it, and I I would play the album uh, several times a day, every day for a couple <laughs> of years.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so that so. <laughs> So are you very good at math? Well, because here's the, here's the question. How many times do you think you've listened to live after death in your lifetime? Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: have no idea. But I'm pretty sure that it was, uh, that it, it, it's thousands of times.
0: It have to be. Yeah. And, and that's like you said, the whole experience, that, that people have now with music is so much the most recent experience I've had with this would say be book of souls. I remember, okay. I remember, you know, pre-ordering it and I remember they released over here, they released speed of light as a single and you could go to a store and buy it at the store. And it came with a, with a shirt. And I remember I went and bought yeah, it. I remember that. Yeah. So I went and bought it just to get the shirt and but I didn't want to listen to it. I didn't and I was like, I'm not I don't want to listen to any of this until I get the album. And when I get the album, I want to go so, I want to be somewhere where I can put it on. Just put my headphones on and listen to it from start to finish all the way through once because that experience is completely gone, like you said. It's completely gone. We don't we don't You don't have the experience of finding an album that you've never heard before. Like when you first get into a, you know, when you first got into a band and going, I don't know anything about this band. The first time you just don't get that that experience is completely foreign to people nowadays. Like you said, you turn on Spotify, you turn on YouTube or whatever, you download it and bam, it's right there. You can listen to it immediately. There's no waiting period. There's no, and
2: anticipation growing and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah 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 As you know
2: the thing is that people don't really uh don't really listen to albums nowadays so it's it's mostly about the songs and you know you put on shuffle and yeah. you're just listening to it like uh like it's the radio
0: yeah i can't i, I can't i can't so, do that
2: you don't really pick, pick, pick you don't really make your choice uh
0: you uh so yes.
2: just listening to whatever, whatever, uh, Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, just, just, just gives you, you know, and that, that this is the thing you know, because you know nowadays is a kind of um, with with the whole TikTok and uh, and Twitter and everything. It's 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 uh, people are you know our lives are getting faster and faster, and we don't really uh, invest time into uh into enjoying things where just okay i have this 20 seconds just give me something interesting just give me something nice yeah. for for me to spend 20 seconds and the, off i go to do something else uh right. and the album to to listen to uh album from start to finish to uh to just listen to it to be uh you know uh to be drowned in the ocean of music to, to not be uh, distracted by your social media or phone calls or yeah. whatever, you know, it's a, it's a rare thing now. It's And not a lot of people do that.
0: Really. I, I like the way you said that to be drowned in the ocean of music. That's really cool. Um, you also said putting on a shuffle of music and you're basically, you're not choosing what you listen to. You're saying, okay, I'm going to listen to the music I like, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to listen to it in any particular order that I like. I, I mean, I recognize that Spotify can be a great thing for people. I, you know, cause it puts music in people's hands. I don't like to listen uh, when I, okay, here's a case in point. Like you said, the younger generation, I have a, a daughter who is 14 years old. And let's say I'm getting her, Hey, you need to go wash the dishes. So, you know, they have to have music on or whatever. My daughter likes music. So she'll put music on. And then in five minutes, she's stopping the dishes. She's pulling her phone out and she's doing something. I was like, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I got to pick another song. And I said, and I'll tell her, you know what the problem is, is that your generation doesn't listen to albums because if you Mm. listen to albums, You turn on song number one and you've got 30 minutes to an hour of a set amount of songs that are going to be played in a row and you know what's coming and you, like you just said, you chose that. Now the, the band sequenced it, the band put it in order, but you know what's coming. And that, that, that's the way I listen to music. I, I, it's rare that I'll just pick one. Now, if I have, 10 minutes when I'm on my drive to work or 20 minutes or whatever. And I want to listen to music. I know I can't listen to a whole album, but I know if I put on, let's say I put on a matter of life and death. I know. Okay. I'll listen to different world. These colors don't run brighter than a thousand suns. Longest day I'll be at work, but I know what I'm going to get. So that I, I, I can't when people tell me, Oh, I'll put on iron, an iron maiden, you know, uh, on shuffle. I'm just like, yeah, but if I hear déjà vu, I want to hear the right song that comes after it. <laughs> I, you know, I want to hear oh, Alexander God, the God. Great. I don't want to hear, you know, I don't want to hear Moonchild, yeah. or I don't want to. Or, or let me do. It. I, I don't. If I hear Alexander, if I hear, um, let me just pick a say. If I pick, if I listen to these colors, don't run. I don't want Innocent Exile or something, just random to play next, I, I, because it's, it, it doesn't feel right, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, because and, uh, you're, uh, you're, the way you feel, uh, the music, uh, the, it, it's just, you feel this is a complete whole piece.
0: Exactly. You
2: know, it's not just separate song. Yeah. And it, it, it creates a different kind of mood, a different kind of emotions uh for you because when it puts uh, you know shuffle of all your uh all, all the songs you have uh, in uh on your phone you know yeah. it, it just can be uh the music even if you like it if even if it's all consisting of your favorite songs and all, all your favorite bands it just goes from one mood to another it doesn't uh yeah, so it, it's it's kind of uh, uh, when you take a look at a part uh, of a perfectly perfectly painted picture, uh, but just a part of it, and then you are forced to 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 see another picture, and again only a part of it. Yeah, and uh, you know you, you, you can't really. Uh, uh you, you don't get the full uh the uh, the full picture the full spectrum of emotions you would uh if you would uh, listen to to the whole album it's just uh it's again it's like uh, you know uh, watching all those tiktok uh clips you know for for 15 seconds you mm-hmm. know which could be completely different mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a kind of entertainment it's a kind of uh, um well let's say uh it's a kind of if you have free time and you have completely nothing to do, uh, it's a matter of, of how to waste your time. It's not a matter of how to enjoy your time. For me, at least, maybe I'm too old, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm too, uh, too old-fashioned. Yeah, but sure. I don't feel it's uh, it's a proper way to to enjoy the music because you know it's it, for me uh, to enjoy a full album. It's it's quite the same. As people used to do, when they would go to uh, to uh, to see and hear uh, a full concert of uh, of an orchestra, you
4: sure. know,
2: it, it's basically not that different. But it, it's all just separate songs from different albums, different uh, uh, different musicians and different bands. It's just not creating the full. Uh, mm, the full picture it's not uh it's not that different from listening to uh you know pop songs from the radio when you're driving a car and uh uh, the car driver is putting whatever he wants uh wants to be played you know you're not free to to get those emotions which are uh which are proper to you during that part of the day during you, that part of uh of the life uh you know whatever
0: oh yeah it's
2: kind of for poor, 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 poor situation when when you are not getting you're not really getting music experience but it's 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 a thing when you are just absorbing content
0: that's a good Some point <laughs>
2: Whatever it is—a video, music, or reaction video—which are really popular these days. (laughs) Yeah, you know it's—it's different. I'm I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's—it's getting more and more popular these days among the youngest generation. Yeah, but uh, it—it's just a different world,
0: uh, which I'm not a part of. You know, and another thing about that is I, I I thought about it while you were talking about just what you know you said it's like you're enjoying a painting and all of a sudden you're being ripped away like you're really trying to look at this painting and you're really yeah. trying to absorb what it's about, what it's saying to you and all of a sudden someone grabs you and goes, "Oh my god, look at this one." Yeah. <laughs> and and the other thing is, is when you're doing that and and I know you'll and I know you know this, but let's say Different world from Matter, Life, and Death plays, and then the next song that plays is "Flight of Icarus." Yeah, you're not getting the That's same sound. Yeah. You know, one True. song is mixed higher, one is you know just because of whatever, and then you're always adjusting the volume and everything, and it's just you're like some songs you're to, oh I got to turn this one down, oh I got to turn this one up. I I just mm-hmm. I do not lo- I, I I don't know that I've really. I've probably done some kind of a thing like that before. I mean, I've created a playlist before, like say I was going to do, I did a podcast one time where we talked about the third song from each album, you know? So you had whatever, can I play with madness, see a madness. And you had all these, you know, we went through. And so I made a playlist where song number three from each album played in order. And it was cool because I knew what was coming. I knew what to expect, but every song would be like, oh, let me turn this one. I got to turn this one up full blast to get it to the same volume as this one was. Now I got to turn this one down because it's too loud. You know, it's just mm-hmm.
3: yep, it, yep. it it, just, it
0: well, doesn't. It's more, it's
2: more like uh, it's more. It's, it's not really uh, like different paintings. I would say it's it's more like uh, you're just able to to read one chapter from. Uh, different books.
3: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Ways, compl- completely different authors. Uh, completely different uh, language. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, putting the emotions into into sure. the book, you know, stuff stuff like that. And, That's a uh, great way to say it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let me let me ask you a question here. What was the first... Okay, so you had Live After Death, and that was the only album by Maiden that you had for a long time. What was the first studio Iron Maiden album that you remember getting after, after whatever time frame goes by? At some point, you finally get a proper Iron Maiden album. What is it?
2: Uh, it was Number of the Beast.
0: Number of the Be- and, and And when you got it, it was the album cover. It was everything proper?
2: Well, yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, so, so a huge part of the, those songs they were they were on Live After Death, so it was uh, a kind of uh, revisiting the songs which I played by that time. I've already played to death, yeah, uh, and it was it, it was really really fresh, new feeling for me to to hear uh, those songs the way they were recorded. uh, originally sure. which wasn't an original Philly for me it was something new something fresh something different but it was a good experience it was a good experience and i really liked uh children of the Damned* much more the studio version of okay. what they did the library that back then yeah. nowadays i'm not that sure about that um <laughs> uh, and I still remember I was, uh, cause live after death was the very beginning. It was, uh, the, the basis of my, uh, love. Uh, I was the, the biggest goal for me for, for, for a couple of years was to collect all the, uh, original albums, uh, which would have the songs from live after death on them. Okay. You know? And it took him quite a while. It took me quite a while because uh, I guess it took me about uh, five or six years to do it. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but it was it was an experience. It was a road to uh, to go through, and uh, I felt pretty much completed when I when I finally did it.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to change the questioning just a little bit for a second here because of the way you and I originally got in contact with each other. And and people will probably know where I'm going as soon as I ask this question and you will obviously. Who is your favorite member of Iron Maiden?
2: Yeah, it's 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 an obvious question and the uh, obvious answer would be Adrian. Adrian.
0: How, how did that happen? How did how did how did he come to be Oh, uh,
2: well, again, it, 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 it was it's quite the same story as with Maiden. Uh, so it wasn't love uh, uh, for the first side uh, with Maiden. And Adrian wasn't my favorite gu- guitar play, guitar player since the very beginning. So I liked Dave more, okay. uh in the very beginning, but uh, he's playing on his souls side. Kind of grown on me through the years because it took me about uh, probably about five years to really start appreciating his playing more okay. and his, um, his his skills as a soul writer more. Uh, you know, for me, still, you know, Maiden is about Adrian and Dave, about their. Uh, uh, their Duo of, uh, of uh, guitar players complementing each other with
3: different,
2: completely different styles, completely different uh, ways they play solos, and they exchange uh, solos, and they uh, play harmonies, just complementing each other. So they yeah. are, uh, for me, they are one of the most uh, unique and uh, amazing. Uh, team players and metal ever but Adrian has been always my staff since since I understood, I understood uh, how great he was and I really appreciate not only uh, that he's a great guitar player and uh, he's a great composer but the thing is that, uh, don't get me wrong I, I love Dave, I love Dave's playing, I love his uh stage present and everything but uh, uh i think it may sound like a sacrilege or something <laughs>
3: uh
2: but i think that dave in 2021 is pretty much the same guitar player he was in 1988 okay. and as for adrian he's a completely different one he uh he learned lots of new stuff And probably his uh, time uh, apart, when he left Maiden, and you know he started to to make projects with lots of different musicians, from you know stuff like ASAP still during his Maiden times, uh, to Roy Z with much you know heavier stuff and different tuning and Drop D and stuff like that. So he learned a lot. And when he uh, reunited with the band, he brought it all back. Back. And Adrian now is much more than uh, Adrian in, uh, you know, in 80s. It's, it's just completely different musician, a grown up, uh, you know, much more scaled, much more interesting. Uh, if you listen to Primal Rock Rebellion and you compare it with the with the D. Adrian from 80s, you know, just completely different, you would not be able to imagine that Adrian is able to uh to compose such such music and to play it so you know when when he was uh you know i don't know doing things like wasted years which i love yeah but, you know he just can com- now he's able to combine all that good stuff you know and he's you know his uh recent uh work with uh, richie carson it's just amazing it, mm-hmm. it's back to the roots But again, he's playing a lot of heavier stuff now, and he's able to do all that old patient, uh, you know, hard rock, bluesy things. You know, he's just amazing.
0: You you know, you said something that was saying that about Dave, and he's the same. One thing that I've had a conversation with someone once, and we were talking about the difference between Yannick and Adrian. Not necessarily their styles, but when Adrian came to Iron Maiden, he was, you know, he had done Urchin. He was the guitar player. He was a singer. He was a songwriter. He he mm. was he was the guy. And when Yannick came to the band, Yannick was a guitar player. You know, he, he and he may have wrote, but he wasn't the singer. It wasn't his band. It wasn't his gig. He was there with somebody else, which, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's who he is. And it's similar to Dave a little bit in that. Dave wasn't the singer. Dave wasn't the primary songwriter. Dave was a guitar player. And so I think Dave and Yannick are a lot more alike as far as that goes. And you're right. Cause Adrian, he brought something totally different in that he's, he's went out and tried to do it by himself and he really wanted to do it by himself. Cause if Urchin would have taken off, I mean, he turned down Iron Maiden in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, yeah. so that, that does make sense. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's a sacrilege or anything like that to say it. I just feel like it's, it's an honest opinion. It's an on, and it's an, and it's, you're not taking anything away from Dave Murray. We all know he's a great guitar player. And, and when he does write, he brings in some good stuff. So, um, so here's a question because you're, Adrian's your number one guy and, but by the time you got into Iron Maiden, Adrian's already out of the band and not long after you got into the band, Bruce was gone too. So there was a point where, and you were talking, you you said a good story in your email about this and, and I'll allow you to tell it if you, if you, if it, if it comes up here, but you told me that I believe you were at school and someone brought the X factor and you heard the X factor. <laughs> is that right? And so talk about that. If you don't mind.
2: That was, that was really shocking. I mean, I mean, it was, it was an awful day for me.
0: <laughs> Cause, uh, uh,
2: in my mind, back in the day, uh, the golden lineup was still there. And then, uh, uh, uh couple of years later, uh I knew uh, I I actually I uh I bought Fear of the Dark and uh there was that new guy. Yeah. Uh and Adrian was out. I was I wasn't really happy about that, but um it was kinda okay back then. Sure. Uh, but then uh a couple of years later uh yeah I still remember it was winter morning and I was sleepy and I got to to my school and then my schoolmate brings the uh, uh this cassette with the new Maiden album and I you know I was a big much bigger fan and I asked him to 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 give me the cassette for just one day to to Uh, to listen to it, and uh, he gave me the cassette, and they opened it, and there was that picture, and I saw Steve, Dave, Nikhil, Yannick, and some guy. (laughs) So I was like, where is Bruce, and who's that? And, you know, back then, as I told you, there were lots of fake cassette copies from coming from Poland, or Bulgaria, or anywhere, which could have you know, different song orders or some songs would be out of the uh of the cassette or some pictures would be, you know, taken from, from anywhere. Yeah. Uh so I thought, well, probably this is just a wrong picture, you know, because Bruce <laughs> is the voice of our many He can be out of the band. Yeah. Then I then I got home uh after school and I put the cassette on and uh and I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Cause it wasn't Bruce. Yeah. And the songs themselves were pretty much depressing.
3: Sure. Uh
2: and I was like, you know, it's not made in a love. The songs are okay and I listened to the album, you know, lots of time. Yeah. But it wasn't made in that that I liked and love. And uh it was pretty depressing not only here my favorite band to to change that way, but it was uh, it also was the time when uh, Metallica changed a lot and they uh, they came with uh, the Load album, yeah, which I really like now, which I really sure. like now. When I, you know, I'm grown up, I'm older, I'm more open-minded to different. Uh, uh, touch of music and that stuff, but uh, when I was a teenager it was another blow for me and then Bruce uh, comes with uh, his uh, uh, skunk works, and I was yeah. like You know Bruce you were my only hope and what the hell are you doing?
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: and you know, it was it was it was really depressing. So I I was like, okay have a metal you know just stayed where where it was in 80s and let's let's enjoy these uh, 80s albums and you know let's let's try some heavier stuff like Pantera and Sepultura and uh, you know death metal and everything that's yeah up to 1997 when uh, accident of birth appeared from uh, nowhere, I was I was pretty much done with Maiden. So I, I of course I would listen to all the all the albums from uh from eighties and from the beginning of nineties, but I I thought that it was it. That my favorite band is no more, that it's, it's pretty much so it it, it, it does exist. But uh, it's um it just lost its spirit.
0: Now you, you also told me that—you you almost touched on it there—you were listening to a metal show on the radio in 1997, That wow. you heard something on the radio. What did you hear?
2: Uh, yeah, it was um, so it was like 16 years old, and it was—I um, don't remember really. I think it was uh, May or end of April, something like that. Uh, and there was that— just one metal show, late night metal show in Saint Petersburg back then. Uh, it would start with midnight, I believe, and it was a bit late, a couple of minutes late in, uh, for for the beginning of the show. And then I turned the radio on, and it was something something playing, something really nice, and I heard some familiar notes in that.
3: Okay,
2: that, you know. Familiar pattern, and then uh, that voice. I was like, it can't be Bruce
3: because
2: <laughs> I because I heard kind and it was just completely di- something completely different. It was crunchy yeah. and all this stuff. And it was Bruce, and it was it was so much so close to Maiden, but really modern, really fresh. And the guitars, I was like, you know. You know, it, it sounds like too uh, too close to medium. and then that uh, the song ended, and the radio host he started to introduce the band, and he said it was uh, a new album by Bruce, Excellent of Bruce, and he started to introduce the band. It was like some Eddie Casillas, Ryzy, uh, David Ingraham, who are those guys, and then he said Adrian Smith on the guitar. And it was like no way. No <laughs> way. I just have to get this album just like right now. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Just give me that. I wanna listen to it from the beginning to the to the end and start it over again right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was mind-blowing. It was like you know, uh, it was the maiden for me uh back then, and you know, the uh, next album was for maiden was virtual eleven, which in my mind, was way worse than uh, The X Factor. Uh, and Bruce and the band, Bruce, Adrian, and Roy, they came up with uh, the, the Chemical G- Wedding, yeah. which is up to D, I think, is one of the best uh, metal albums ever in terms of the, of the whole package. I mean, with songwriting, with solos, the guitar work, Bruce's vocals, lyrics, the whole concept—it was just just flawless for me. Yeah, it's, it's just so, one one of of the best metal albums I've ever heard in my life, and I really doubt that there will be anything that would top that.
0: Hmm, wow! Now, so I want to ask you this: I I, I didn't think about this, but but when you mentioned. You know, you said obviously Bruce is the voice of Iron Maiden, which everybody says that, everybody knows that. What did you ever? What did you think the first time you heard one of the albums with Paul Diano singing?
2: Well, um, I thought that was okay. It, it was still Maiden for me. Uh, I thought it was okay, but um, you, you can hear the difference. Uh, sure, you can sure. hear that uh, with Iron Maiden and uh, Killers the albums they were trying to the band were was trying to find uh, uh, its path. Uh, it was still uh, the first attempt to 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 understand who they really were, uh, and the singer was a uh, part of the, uh, those attempts. He was he was okay. It was sure. okay. Uh, um, it was a bit punky. With his uh, vocals and attitude and everything, but uh, you know, for me, Mating is always is always gonna be associated with Bruce's voice. And coming back to what we were discussing about Adrian, uh, I still think that okay, everybody knows that Mating is a creation of uh, virus. Sure, but uh, I'm completely sure that uh, it's not about Steve, not really about Steve, and uh, uh, as much as I love what Dave does and I love Nico's drumming and everything, but I think that there is this holy trinity of Maidens. uh, Steve, Adrian, and Bruce. And uh, as much as I love the other band members, they can be replaced. And the band. Will still be Maiden. Uh, if one of the that Holy Trinity is out, Maiden is not in anymore. It, it it would be incomplete.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now let's see here. You had mentioned too that you thought there was a, there was a chance that you were going to see the Chemical Wedding tour in Russia. Oh, uh,
2: it's it's still painful to remember that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, I was 17 years old, and uh, yeah, uh, the original plan for, for for the band to was to have the two concerts here, one in Saint Petersburg and one in Moscow. Uh, and of course, I was I was planning to I planned to go to 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 see at least one in Saint Petersburg. But uh, um, as far as I remember, the concert was scheduled like. Uh, I don't know, maybe early October, 1998. And in August, we had that huge financial crisis, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, it was a really huge blow uh, here, and the Russian economy was uh, really affected all aspects you can imagine. And, of course, all the concerts, all the planned gigs of, uh, of the artists, Coming from from abroad, they were all canceled because the local promoters they were just unable to uh, uh, to pay the artists because uh, the currency exchange rate went I don't know you know maybe the Russian rebel got twice weaker in just a month or something like that so yeah, yeah unfortunately it was all canceled and I was like okay that was my chance to see the guys yeah. And, 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 and nothing happens and I won't see them.
0: So the next thing that happens in the Iron Maiden timeline is if I recall in your story, a friend of yours, I don't know if this is while you were in school or not, but a friend Uh, of yours brings you a paper, right?
2: No, no. No, I wasn't at school already. I graduated. It was, uh, was the first year of my university. yeah, but uh, yeah okay. it brought me a paper. Uh, there were some rumors uh, 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 going around that th- th- there could be some reunion, because uh, if you remember in, in, the, in the end of the '90s, there were a lot of reunions, happening, right. you know uh, but I didn't believe that really. I didn't very believe that was uh, that was possible because uh, a year ago Steve was uh, quite confident that he, that he's happy with the direction uh, uh, of mating and with Blaze and everything, and Bruce was uh, you know really confident he's is uh, um, doing the right thing with his solo band, so. There was nothing, uh, no, nothing really saying that it's going to be possible. But then this this friend uh, comes to see me, and uh, she brought up a piece of uh, paper uh, saying that Medin is reunited, and uh, they are now uh, a six-piece band. So Adrian is uh, is back again, and then uh, Yannick stays in uh, in the band. I was like you know you you you're kidding me <laughs> no way no way but i was happy i was i was really happy and it was like uh a kind of a feeling that metal is really back again yeah. it, it was not just uh, because maiden was my favorite band but it was just uh, uh you know the whole feeling because of all the reunions and because of more and more uh uh, people getting into to metal and stuff like that. So it was it was just just one of the days I would uh, really remember for the whole of my life.
0: Oh yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So w- when you first heard Brave New World, like you got to listen to the album in full. What were your? Because th- you were coming, and of course, all of us were in the same would have been in the same boat. But you had heard all of the '80s albums, and of course you weren't really into it all as you know, you were a lot older here. You have a more, you have a more set mind. You you have a mindset Mm -hmm. of what you are as a fan. So when you hear brave new world for the first time, what do you think?
2: Well, it was, um, frankly, uh, it was a mixed, mixed feeling because I I was, I was happy to hear, uh, "The the first single, uh, because it was all about that mating that I loved, and it started with uh, Adrian's riff, and it uh, had the yeah. really nice Adrian solo, and the whole feeling was was you know made in his back. And then I started to listen to the album, and uh, the first song was Wicker Man, and then we had uh, mm, uh, Brave New World, and uh, Ghost of Navigator, and stuff like that. Uh, it was all okay, but the overall. Failing of the album was mixed because first there was not a lot, not a lot of Adrian solos. Okay, and you know which, which is important for me, and the, sure. I still had uh, have this feeling, and I know it's true because of the information I get later that uh, some some of the songs from the album like uh, Dream of Mirrors or Nomad and stuff like that. They were actually written or partly written uh, during a uh, Blaze era uh, during virtual 11 uh, sessions. Yeah. So for me, it was a still a kind of um, mm, not really finished, not really fresh and new album. So it was a uh, couple of songs were absolutely great, couple of songs were, uh, well, more or less okay and stuff like that. But for me, the, the, First real uh, new album of the New Maiden was Dance of Death because it was all new, all fresh. A lot of uh um, a lot of different songs which you would not expect from Maiden in nineties. Uh, yeah. A lot of collaboration between the the band members. If you if you, if you check the uh, the uh, the credits of the songs, you know that it was much more. Uh, uh, much more joint work uh, between Steve and Adrian, uh, yeah. Bruce and Steve, and stuff like that. So it was, it was the uh, the beginning of a, of a New Maiden for me. Okay. New okay. World it was like, uh, you know, pre-stage.
0: Interesting. I, I've never really heard anyone say it that way. <laughs> so of the albums that came out, or that have come out since then for, you know, with dance of death, matter of life and death, final frontier and book of souls and brave new world. Which one of those would you say you liked the most?
2: Matter of life, matter of life and death.
0: Mm. Hands down. Hands down. It's
2: uh well, it stands out. It stands out. Like it, it has a pretty good production.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and it feels like a solid, uh, Piece of work, you know. The band is uh, the band themselves, they 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 played the whole album uh, on that, so they could not really uh, yeah. make of that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I love all the uh post reunion stuff, uh, but so uh, every album, you know, there are there are songs on every on almost every album which I would like to be um, not there. Uh, the production, well, it's not really fault of Kevin Shirley, I guess, because uh, he did really nice job with Brave New World and uh, lots of different bands. It's more about uh, Sacrilege again. Uh, it's more about Steve Harris, um mm, to be really sure, he's able to be a producer and he's able to 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 do the same work as Martin Birch uh, yeah. did it in, in the 80s, but he's not. Sure, he sure. doesn't have uh, uh, Martin's uh, ears and potential and uh, and skill to 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 create different sound and different albums, which would be you know just amazing every time.
3: Sure, uh,
2: sure. And uh, the post reunion albums, especially when uh, when it's about uh, the songs which were uh, written or recorded uh, by Steve, they have um, mm, they have a really big flaw uh, in my mind. Okay. Uh, what I mean uh, when when Fear of the Dark the song came out and it became a huge hit. Uh, and it became a fan favorite. So, you know, and uh, you know all the sing-alongs and the, and the live gigs and everything. I think that uh, Steve thought that he finally found his golden formula of how to write a song. Okay. Uh, because if you uh, if you check almost all of his songs written after Fear of the Dark, they, uh, they are written uh, according to the same formula of slow intro, uh, repetitive uh, parts, and slow outro. Uh, there, there's
0: definitely a lot of that. You're absolutely right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it, it's a bit too much of those. Uh, I mean, if, if you take uh, the red and the black, <laughs> the song itself and the melodies and everything, it, 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 it's amazing. I love it. But if Martin Birch would be there in the, in the producer's chair, I'm, I'm quite confident, I'm quite sure that he would uh, he would edit it, he would cut it, he would make it shorter, he would not, uh, make it not that repetitive, and this song would be one of the best that Steve has uh, ever written. But yeah. it would be, I don't know, maybe twice shorter.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand I, I understand what you're saying there. Um out of the Iron Maiden catalog, do you have do you have an album that you just call your favorite?
2: Uh well, yes. <laughs> but it's a difficult question because you know, um uh, Yeah. Yeah. I love all the albums from the 80s, you know, there are gold standards for me. I I know everything beginning with number of the Yeah. Seven sound, but so if I have to pick one, it's gonna be seven
0: sound. Okay, okay. And what about uh? Everything,
2: everything is perfect about it. You know, the sound, the songwriting, the whole concept, and uh, the the way that songs are flowing. You know, one into other. You know, is just amazing, and it's so short. If you if you if you check it, uh, you know by. But the modern standards is just 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 so short. It's like 40 minutes <laughs> yeah. or so, you know? It's and it, it's a masterpiece, you know, which fits into forty minutes. You don't have you don't have a make a devil album or uh something like that to, to make a masterpiece. Oh you yeah. You have to make uh, you know, uh songs to be long in the sake of being long. Because run the of the ancient mariner. It's a long song. Thirty minutes, forty seconds on the, on the Paris life uh, album, but it's so uh, you know it's so different. It has lots of different riffs. It has lots of different parts in it. It's mm. not repetitive at all. You know, you have right. to have to to to, 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 uh, uh, to uh, write you know long songs uh, 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 just to sound kind of progressive. Sure, is, uh, Dream Theater is progressive uh the red and the black is not it's a long heavy metal
0: song (laughs) yeah yeah you can
2: see the difference
0: oh yeah yeah so so you said seventh son is your favorite album now this is and when i ask these questions i always say it depends on the day for most and you know if you're a huge fan your your favorite song could change from time to time but do you have Mm -hmm. You, could you say, as of like today, what would you say if someone said, what's your favorite Iron Maiden song? What would you tell them?
2: No, no, no. It's impossible. It's just impossible. I mean, uh, you know, it really depends on the mood, and uh, it, it, it really depends on on, uh, on the songs which I'm listening to right now. Uh, they would affect my choice of the next Maiden song, next Maiden album. Sure, it's, sure. It's really yeah. difficult to say. So, for sure, I do not have uh, a favorite uh, Maiden song, but uh, I have a song in my mind, which I think uh, would be the best way to uh, to introduce Maiden to an, uh, a, a person who has never heard Maiden before.
0: Okay, what would that be?
2: In my mind, in, in, you know, lots of people would, would, would go with, um, I don't know, Hello Be Thy Name or Number of the Beast or something like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, the most balanced in every possible aspect, the most balanced song which would um, give the proper understanding of m- what Maven is and what Maiden is about is Revelations.
0: Okay, okay. Interesting. Okay. Let's see. That's an interesting choice for, but like I, say, and, and like I say, I always tell people when someone asks me, I had a guy ask me a couple years ago, just a guy that I worked with and we were talking to, You know, I was talking about Iron Maiden to him and he said, well, I don't, I don't remember, but he, he knew I liked Iron Maiden, but one day he just goes, hey, what's your favorite song of all time? And, and to me, this is not a guy that, this is a guy that likes music. This isn't a guy that, 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 that drowns in the ocean of music like we do. And, and and when he said it, I was just like, Oh wow. You're not even talking about what's my favorite song by one artist. You're just saying of all these bands that I love, pick one song. Which, like you said, it's impossible. It's, it's hard to do it with one band. So I just, I thought about it. I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what I say. I could change it. It's because your opinions change. I said, I said, if I had to pick one song right now, I'd say "Hallowed Be Thy Name." I said it's a, it's a perfect song. It's it's got a nice intro. It's got you know a great story along the lines of it. It it has a cool ending. It's just I said it's it's got great guitar solos. It's it's phenomenal song. And so, at this point, I wouldn't say that that's my favorite Maiden song anymore. Like you you know because it does change, but um, mm-hmm. so. You we got us up to about we, we talked about a matter of life and death a little bit. You said that uh, you talked about that being your favorite album of this new era. So you grew up in Russia. You got into him in the 90s and it took you a long time, you know, to compared to what like say someone like me had. I mean, I w- it's, it still wasn't easy to get albums when I first got into him because it's still you didn't know what was there and you'd go to a record store somewhere and you'd see something, go, oh, what's this? And, you know, you kind of build your collection up but one thing that you never had a chance to do was see the band live because you said they were going to play in I think you said they played in Russia once on the Fear of the Dark tour is that what you told me
2: yeah true it, and, uh, no it, uh, it wasn't it wasn't Fear of the Dark I, I believe it was a real live tour okay okay 90, 93
0: 93 okay so and you and you know you were at that time 11 or 12 you didn't get to go see that uh no When was the next time that Iron Maiden played in Russia?
2: Uh, Well, it was uh, 2008, and it was somewhere back in time. And uh, the gig in Russia, it wasn't wasn't originally planned to to, to happen. Uh, So it was added the last minute. It was the last gig of the tour. Hmm. And uh, by that time, you know, it was a huge gap between the the first and uh, the concert, like 15 years uh, gap. And I believe it was the only um, Maiden gig uh, in Russia that Maiden was able to sell out. Okay. To sell out. And uh, it was sold out in, in a matter of days. I believe, which is quite an unusual situation for 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 for, for gigs in Russia, because uh, usually people there tend to 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 buy tickets like I don't know a week prior to the to the gig or something sure. like that. But okay. people were really hungry to see Maiden. and it was you know people were were coming all around you know for 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 all the parts of the country from far east. You know, from Siberia, from the south, from everywhere. And uh, the venue was packed,
0: absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So when was that first show that you, you saw? What, what, Like, what it was the Somewhere Back in Time tour. Where, which city did you say it played in? It was Moscow. Okay, okay. And so you go and, okay. You told me a little bit about this before. So I want you to just... Take me through, take me a little bit, or take everybody a little bit through your first Iron Maiden show.
2: Uh, it's really difficult to describe it, even in my you know native, native language, because it was all uh, all about emotion. And it was all about w- what I like, what I love about me, is that it brings out... Um, I guess the best emotions in my life, you know, it, it, it gets out the the very best of me, and uh, it's it's like a religious feeling. Uh, I would say it's like a catharsis when when uh, Doctor Doctor plays, and you know that they are about to come on stage, and you know then then boom they are out, and you get this. Amazing feeling of uh, of a family reunited with you once again. Mm-hmm. So for the first time, it was it was even more than that, of course, because uh, back then I didn't really believe I would would see them live ever. You know, it sounds a bit funny from from the perspective of the present days when uh, uh, I've seen them in lots of different countries on on, on different tours, like
4: 37
2: times. And (laughs) most of those times I was uh, in the front row at the barrier next next to, in front of uh, Adrian's mic and, you know, stuff like that. But back then it was like, uh, my understanding, my feeling was like, this is a once in a lifetime experience. Sure. Uh, and what was really important for me, what was really emotional for me is that uh, I began my maiden journey with Live After Death and with Aces High in Two Minutes to Midnight uh, played back-to-back and this is what I got during my very first maiden encounter okay. so it was Churchill's stage it was Aces High and Two Minutes to Midnight so I was crying I was literally crying during uh, I believe the whole ice is high. I was just screaming, shouting, <laughs> crying, and you know, I got my I got my whole throat destroyed after the gig
0: <laughs> I imagine so that's that's and and I told you earlier the first time I saw kiss when they had makeup on and they it was the original band and they I got to see that show in person and, you know, it wasn't something I ever thought I would see in my life, but when they came out, they opened with a song off their first live album that the the opening song and they, you know, you wanted the best and all that stuff that came out and I can just remember jumping up and down and just my eyes just completely welled up with tears. Cause I was, <laughs> it's just, it was just a feeling of elation. Like just, wow, this is kind of like, uh, kind of like musical heaven in a way, like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, I'm, yeah. I'm actually, this is actually, this is really happening, this is really happening for me, so that's, that's really cool to hear, that's really cool to hear, and you said, you said that you've seen them 37 times, and uh, where was the first place you traveled outside of Russia to see them?
2: Uh, it was Finland, like, okay. uh, I live in St. Petersburg, and it's, Basically, it's, uh, it's about two hours driving uh, distance to, 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 to get to the border. So it's really close. And, uh, you know, I've been you know working with uh, Finnish workers for, for, for many years. So it was uh, like one of the first uh, countries I've ever visited. Oh, it was actually the first. Uh, okay. Anyway, anyway, it was like, a, you know, it's still still feels like home in Finland and I love the country. So it was a natu- quite a natural choice to, uh, to go there. Uh, the next one was Poland, I believe. And it was, again, just just one gig abroad.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: no, no, that's where it was Poland, two gigs in Russia, and one in Finland, again, in Helsinki. And afterwards, I was like, that's not enough. That's not enough. I want more. I want more, and I, uh, ever since then, I was you know doing like three to six to uh, to maybe eight gigs uh, every tour. But uh, if you remember, when we were talking before before you hit the uh record button that uh you know y- you only see them when they when they got close to you yeah and you yeah. know i i i'm quite the opposite i'm you know i'm traveled to uh, i'm traveling to see them but uh, the thing is that um we are both fans yeah and there is no proper way to to uh to see the band there is not a proper way to to be a fan it's only a matter of uh uh, of how much you love it, and uh, how much this music is a part of your life and your emotions and uh, and everything. It, it, it doesn't matter if you know. I, I have some friends who um, who have seen Maiden like 150, close to 200 times.
3: Wow! You know,
2: yeah, I know some people who. No, are really big fans, but they only got to see them, you know, like a couple of times through and through, you know, in, in 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 terms of, I don't know, 20 years or something like that. But sure. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, we, we are all different. We have different uh, uh, lives and we have different... Uh, Way we feel would be the best for us. We have different opportunities and possibilities. Sure, sure. We have, you know, traveling traveling to see, uh, you know, the band, it, it requires a lot of planning and uh, free time and, you know, of course, money. And I remember yeah. was uh, saying, like, you know, because it, it's more or less all the same people in the front row, you know, because there are like, I don't know, probably 200. You know, passionate and crazy fans who are traveling around the world and, uh, you know, to see a uh, meeting. We know each other pretty well. As yeah. The band, of course, the band members, they do recognize us. And I remember Steve once said that uh, he's really, you know, he's really happy to see all those familiar faces, but he can't understand how we are able to do that. Because That's, we're not there yeah. we're just regular people. People, you know, and how we're able to spend you know so much money to just to travel from one country to another just to see the favorite band is it, it's, it's just unbelievable for him. But uh, as I've told you already, it's 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 just it's such a great package, such a great uh, way to uh, to spend your money to to go to another country. Uh, it could be a new country for you or one of the countries you, you've already visited and you love. Uh, to see your favorite band, uh, and to see the friends, the new sure. uh, and old friends, which you made just because of traveling to see Maiden. It. And it's right. like, again, it's like united with your family, but it's it's, it's it's a kind of a bigger family. It's kind of that, so, uh, Maiden. Brotherhood, which is, uh, uh, which is, you know, the thing which Bruce usually says before they start Blood Brothers. And right. It's quite a unique, unique thing, which I don't really think other bands have around them. So it's quite a unique, uh, unique. Community built, which is built around Maiden, and it's still going, and it will be there uh, even when Maiden call it a day.
0: Right, right. Now, now you've traveled not only just other countries, but you've traveled to other continents to see Iron Maiden. So, a question I had for you about that is: Let's say you travel because you went to South America, you've seen them in Brazil. Um, no, no,
2: no, no. No, I've tra- I did travel to another the but I've never been to South America yet. I have friends oh, there. Said,
0: I thought I read Brazil yeah. in there.
2: No, it was it was France from Brazil and uh, Colombia and countries like that. But I've been to the U.S.
0: Okay, I know the you've US. been. Okay, so when you come here, wh- And obviously, it's not it's not like uh, if you're going to say Finland over there, you know, it's it's not like you're traveling it's not anywhere near the ordeal it's going to be to come mm-hmm. over here. So when, when you came to the U S what, how long did you stay? Did you, was it just, I'm going to follow the band around for a certain amount of days? Or do you say, well, I'm here. I want to see a certain amount of the country while I'm here. I want to spend a certain amount of time. What was that whole thing like when you did that?
2: Well, uh, well, first of all, you know, I've been, uh, a lot of countries around Europe, you know, and, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it, it became a pretty normal thing for me to to travel around Europe, you know, and, uh, all the places I know. It's like uh, it's more more or less a normal feeling. But uh, I ha- I dreamt about visiting the U.S. one one day, and, and it was something something bigger, something different, you know, to travel uh, to travel to the other side of the planet. and sure. You know, uh, to see the country, which, um, uh, I've read a lot about the U S and I had, to uh, have a lot of friends from, from there, but it's, uh, somehow, uh, the feeling was, um, comparable to, to almost a traveling to, to another planet, Like, you know, to just completely different stuff. But, uh, the thing is, I spent uh, a couple of weeks, was almost two weeks in in the US, and I uh, unfortunately I didn't have a chance to to see a lot of places, you know, which yeah. I would love to, and I I, I really hope that someday I'm I'm uh, gonna be back. Sure. But uh, uh, you know, I loved it. I loved it not just because you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm here talking to to a person from from the u s but I knew that I would love it, but you know, uh I actually liked it much more than I expected. And I really love people yeah uh and uh the funny thing the funny thing coming back to all that uh, uh coming back to uh, what we what we were talking about earlier is that uh you know, traveling around all those countries during the years, uh, you know, I came to realizing realizing that people are not that different. But sure. the thing is that uh, people in the U.S. are, they are, in my mind at least, according to my experience at least, they are the closest to Russians I've ever met. Okay. It's just like, you know, uh if uh if you would erase the whole difficult and crazy and bloody uh uh and authoritarian history of Russia and would put the same people into a much more um uh, free uh and happy country, I think Russians would become Americans.
3: <laughs> Something
0: like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how many, how many different countries have you actually seen Maiden in?
2: Mm. Now that came out of nowhere. I didn't count. But, uh, uh,
0: I know but you I sent know. me a spreadsheet. You have a very, I, I looked at yeah. your spreadsheet and it's, I was like, wow, this, I have a friend, I have a friend in New Zealand and he, he does a lot of stuff on spreadsheets. He puts a lot of his maiden stuff on spreadsheets too. And I was, yours was very, it was very interesting. I was like, wow, he's got it broken down to the date, you know, the show, everything. And then, and then one thing I thought was really cool was on the far right. You said, uh, you talked about where you sat or, or, you know, where you, uh, if you were on the barrier, but you talked about what kind Uh, of goodies you got from the show as well. And, and you sent a, you sent me a picture and you've got, I mean, it looks like you've got multiple wristbands from most of the guys in the band. You got guitar picks, drumsticks, all kinds of stuff. I was just like, "Wow, that's just that's really." Do do you feel like because the band sees you at at a certain amount of shows and they recognize you, say, "Do you ever feel like that they're tossing stuff right to you purposely?" Like you say, they like they kind of give you a look, like, "Hey, here it comes."
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. yeah sometimes they purposely do not do that because they're like uh you know
0: you already you know, have it
2: yeah you, you already have some some
0: um, some
2: amount of stuff so we won't tell you anything there 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 are some other fans around but sometimes when when it's you know when it's like the fifth show in a row and you're at the same at the very same pot. Yeah. Every evening they were like, okay, you deserve it.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. It's always
2: a special feeling. Yeah.
0: So, okay. I've got a couple more questions here for you. Um, because you've done this, you know, you've went to multiple shows on one tour before I've I've always kind of wondered this because I told you I've, you know, I've only seen them in the Dallas Fort Worth area where I live. And, um, and, and, and although I would enjoy going to see, especially meeting people in different spots, you know, like like talking to you, I think, man, it'd be cool to go to Russia and see a show with him. That'd be awesome. But when, when you go to different shows on the same tour, do you, what, do you focus on different things as the show is going on? Or do you just kind of just take it all in every show? Like if you go say five shows in a row, are you like, okay, this show, I'm going to watch a little more of what this guy does, or I'm going to watch a little more of, this or do you have any kind of is there any kind of way that works for you
2: well yeah i mean uh you know there are a lot of lots of questions from um from not maiden fans or not metal fans uh the regular question is like you're you're going to see them multiple times on a tour like do they really have different set lists for different gigs and i would say no and they would like. They would be like, "What's what's the thing?" And the thing is that in you know when you're really close to the stage, where in the first and the, the second row, uh, you are able first of all get a lot of energy from the stage and send it back, which is you know what the show should be about yeah and the second thing that you're able to uh to see and to notice a lot of different uh things happening on stage because of course we do understand that uh every mating show uh is um, a kind of prearranged and all the um all the band members they know where they have to be at a certain uh, point of a certain song. Uh, at which part of the stage and doing what, but right. still there are some. Every show has some different things happening, a little bit, uh, uh, a little bits and pieces that that are going unplanned, and different reactions of the band members and different interactions uh, with with the crowd and stuff like that. So it's it's always fresh. It's always new. It's not a. It's not the same feeling as you would. Uh, I don't know. Put uh, your favorite DVD on, and you know, would would just see the very same show from different angles and stuff like that. So, right. you know, it's always different. And, okay. Yeah, uh, I tend to, uh, I tend to try to, uh, uh, to look in different spots and and, and notice what is happening uh, during uh, this or that song, and uh, you know, sometimes. I would, you know, notice something happening just just at the very end of that. Like when when I'm uh, I'm doing the first show of the tour, uh, you know, I might see something happening, but I wouldn't pay pay enough attention for that. But I always know that uh, there will be uh, there will be a second chance for me to 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 see the thing from from the beginning of the end of the uh, the next show and stuff like that. So yeah. It's always different, and it's, I, I'm, I'm always trying to focus on different, uh, different objects and different band members, stuff like that. But still, sure. I'm, I am I'm, uh, stuck for for a certain position. So it's for me, it's always left of the stage where Adrian is, and Dave is and Steve is. You know, spends like half a show there. Sure. So I think it's it's a perfect perfect spot spot for me. So okay about that. i once once was uh at the uh on the right of the stage uh i didn't like it really uh <laughs> and never again never again never again and once i was uh, uh at the seats and again it it was it was quite unusual it was, a, it was a nice uh feeling to to for a change, you know, but never again. So for me, it's always left of the stage, uh, you know, next to Adrian, Frontrow, tons of energy, and
0: yeah. you know, it, this
2: okay. is the way it works for me.
0: All right, all right. Well, this is the last question I got for you here. <clears throat> you've you've pretty much you've met almost every member of Maiden, and. What I'd like you to do, if you will, is share the story of when you met your favorite member of Iron Maiden.
2: Uh, well, my favorite member is Adrian, of course, and uh, the story was was pretty funny. Actually, it's quite a long story if we, we start with the very beginning, which would refer to uh, Mr. Chris. Was your guest and on, on the British yeah. show, I believe, and his famous T-shirt of uh, Untouchables of Adrian's band from uh, from the beginning of uh, '19. Right. But, uh, let's let's cut it a bit shorter. So I wasn't in, uh, in Düsseldorf, Germany, uh, in between the gigs. It was the very beginning of uh, uh, of Book of Souls tour in 2017, uh, and it, it was a day off. And I was in some Irish bar, just waiting for my friends, and I just ordered a pint of Guinness. And I I took my first sip, I believe. Hmm. And uh, I was looking through that window in the bar, and there was uh, some guy going going through the streets. Uh, It was Adrian, and I was like, you know, usually I don't really approach the band members, like in You know, give them a nod or something like that. But uh, I respect their personal space. You know, uh, I I want them to have their private life outside of being a a rock stars on stage. But uh, and you know, in the in in the very first second, I was like, okay, 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 I'm just sitting here, I'm drinking my Guinness and that's gonna be it. But then it was like, "Uh, it's Adrian yeah it may never happen again and <laughs> you have a story for him a very special story which would be quite a good excuse to 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 begin the uh, the talk sure with so i decided uh, to 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 uh, to take this chance and to approach him and you know to cut the story short it was a really nice uh, five minutes conversation and we made a picture together and he, he was really uh, friendly and uh, I tried to, to to be as much not annoying fanboy as I could be. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it was just like, I don't know, four or, four or five minutes conversation. Then I got back to, to, to the bar, and my friends were there already and uh, they were asking me where I was and I believe for for minutes or two, I could not say anything, my hands were just shaking. And back then, I was 36 years old already. Yeah. But I was, you know, the feeling was like I, 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 I was again a 10 year years old boy just blown away with the with emotions uh, of meeting. The, well, I wouldn't say idol, but uh, a person who I really admire, and sure. I was. I, I tried to to, to have another um, sip of my beer and my hands were shaking so much that I had (laughs) to take my glass
0: with two hands. It was crazy. That's wild. That's wild. But you're right. I mean, you're not going to... There's not going to be that... Well, maybe for you, but I've been a Maiden fan since 85 or 86. I've never met any of them. I've never seen any of them anywhere. Never. Just... Haven't been in the situation to have that happen. So, and you know, those guys, they just, they know that that's going to happen. They know that there's maiden fans that are going to, somewhere they're going to go. They're going to pro, I, I, we talked about this earlier. There's probably somewhere they're going to go when they know when they go out. You know, they're, it's not like they are Michael Jackson or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, Metallica. or, yeah, or, or a pop star that, that, Everybody knows who they are, you know, but, but a lot of people do know who they are. Like, what, what did you say earlier? You said that Maiden was the largest cult band around. (laughs) That's what what Yannick told you, I think. Yeah, And it's, there's a lot to be said about that. It's like, even though Maiden is one of the, if not the biggest metal band ever, there's still so many people that, couldn't tell you what they sound like, what they look like. They just, just, it's just, oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard the name Iron Maiden. And for you to, for you to see a, your favorite guy walking down the street, I, I, I would have to walk up at the very least and just be like, dude, I just, Hey man, can I get a picture real quick? And it, it's awesome to meet you. And, and they, and they probably experienced that. Well, you know, when you watch the, um, which video is it? The, uh, the, the flight 666 video where, they're just bombarded with people in these other countries. And so if it's yeah, one person, they, America. yeah, one, one person walking up and saying something, is probably, they're probably just like, you don't have a crowd with you. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I mean, you know, if, if, if a fan is polite and, uh, you know, if, if, if you would ask a person if, if you could approach or, or something in most of the cases, I think that most of the band members, would not say no, but it's uh, a message to all the fans. If you ever meet a band member, please, first of all, consider if, if he's alone, then probably you could approach. If he's not alone, please leave them to their personal, private time and space please do not approach them let them live their life let them rest with their friends or family please do not ask them for a picture or signing anything just you know, you can nod to them or smile to them just wait for the, for the next concert, get to the front row and get that energy from, uh, from a band member when it's when it's suitable when they are out there for you, because there are times when they just want to be people and when they are there for them and for their family and their friends, not
0: for the thing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a tough, that's a tough uh, thing to ask for, for somebody, but yeah, I, I just definitely understand what you're, what you're saying. I mean, cause like we talked about earlier, you live your life and, If you you leave your house or wherever you're at and you're thinking, okay, I'm leaving my house. You kind of know what you're doing. You kind of have a plan. Okay, I've got this much time. I've got to get here, here, and here. I've got to do this, this, and this. And if if you're walking somewhere, if you're somewhere at home and you run into somebody you know, and, hey, you don't mind seeing that person, but you're talking for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you're thinking – I really don't have time for this. I've got to get going, and and you can only imagine that these guys are their time is probably so much more limited when they're at a place like that. That they that it's, it's even more so like that. So, but either way, um, I wanted to thank you, Andre, because man, it's been it's been a lot of fun chatting with you about all this stuff. It's, it's, it's always fun to talk about Iron Maiden with somebody and it's, it's cool to hear stories. I, I really appreciate you sending me your email and, and saying, you know, giving me all the information you got. Cause I was reading all that and all the pictures you sent to, I was like, wow, man, this is really, really cool. So really, uh, I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me here today. And thank you for waking up this early on Saturday, you know, to, to, uh, to have this shot, minding our time difference, and uh, it's like yeah. eight hours difference, right?
0: I believe so. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. It was a uh, it was a really nice shot, and uh, you know, I, r- I really enjoy that and uh, everything which you have recorded and everything which uh, you have not, or probably you will keep to yourself. Whatever. It's been a long shot, like a couple of hours. I, I yeah. believe, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and uh, thank you again. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully, uh, the whole pandemic situation is going to be over the next year for uh, for the band to start touring again. Hopefully, hopefully so. Uh, uh, I wish you to to see Maiden as soon as possible, and probably, probably, uh, as you know. Chris and I, we've been, we had been friends for like about 19 years before we finally met in, uh, Nashville. Yeah. In the U S when I came in, uh, 2019. So, uh, probably, probably, uh, we'll meet each other somewhere on the road. Absolutely. In some country
0: someday. Absolutely. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So thank you once again. And, um, I, I envision that we will talk again at some point and I will definitely email you and let you know when, when this will be coming out and everything like that so you can check it out as well. Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah, take care, man. it i am always amazed at the different iron maiden stories from all the corners of the globe and it's so cool to finally have someone from asia from russia it's so who have we had so far i mean i've basically i've had someone in south america right with louise mm-hmm. i've had people in the uk obviously i've had people in europe you know um the, the, the guy South from Africa. Yeah. He, well, that was more of a book talk. We talked about his book. So he true and he's from the UK, but he, yeah, but he, but I have had somebody from South Africa. So that's really cool. Uh, the Netherlands, which is in, um, in Europe, um, Australia, of course, New Zealand, of course. It, but it was really exciting to me. Cause I was like, when he said Russia, I was like, wow, I haven't spoken to anybody, anybody there. So that was really, really cool.
1: Um, no, I'm looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it really was cool to hear about how things were there during that time from someone that really lived it. Um, I have to give a huge thanks to my friend, Chris, whose Iron Maiden story you heard most recently before this, before Andre's, he is the one that reached out to Andre and made this happen. So thank you very much, Chris. And I'm even going to go a little further back, and I'm going to give a shout out to Kirsty as well because without her, she's the one who got me in touch with Chris. So if she didn't get me in touch with Chris, we don't have no Andre or Chris. So thank you, Kirsty, very much. And I got to add this: we, we talked a little earlier about the Belshazzar's feast and all that. Next week, um, well, when you're hearing, if you hear this episode the day that it comes out, it will be July 6th. So next week, next Tuesday will be the thirteenth, which is when you will get another new episode from me. But then two days after that is July fifteenth, which is when the whole big culmination of whatever, whatever all of this hub. What do you call it? Hub, hub, hub hola. <laughs> what's the word I'm trying to think of? H-hull, hub, 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 hub. hub <laughs> Uh, a bunch of talk, whatever all that talk is, I can't think of the word. I want to say like, uh, I can't even think of the word. Uh, it's it's something there, but it gives with an H. But anyway, so the fifteenth is when all that happens, and when that on the fifteenth of next week, you know, God willing, I'm going to be in Alaska on a trip with my family. Um, it's a once in a lifetime trip. It's been planned for months and months and months. Had I known this was going to happen, you know, maybe I would have scheduled it for a week later, but. It's really perfect timing for me to be there, right?
1: <laughs> so, I think
0: so. So it's, it's just kind of a heads up for my avi- avi- my availability. I, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to see what kind of information we get, to see what we find out. I'll have to figure out the time difference because from where I live, I believe Alaska is four hours behind. I mean – yeah, I think I I'm going to gain 4 hours heading on a plane trip to Alaska. You know what? Let me just look it up on my phone so I can tell you. It's currently that's yeah, a th- it's a 3 hour time difference. Okay, so it's 3 hours. Okay. Yeah, it's 2 hours in California, 3 hours in Alaska. So I'll be I'm excited to, you know, for my trip, but I'm also excited to find that out because I'm like, wow, this is not good timing for me to uh to be there. So but it is what it is. It's 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 going to be awesome. So, but that is just a, a little bit of a heads up uh, for next week. So, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Andre, on behalf of Matt, on behalf of Chris and Kirsty,
1: from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys.
4: Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Ain't always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the bright side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bear. Forget about your scene, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance and out So always look on the bright side of the